Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. This week, we speak with holistic counselor Devorah Goldblatt. Devorah focuses on providing depression and anxiety treatment for teens and early 20s using holistic modalities like EFT tapping, mindfulness, and more. She's going to speak from her own experience and that of her practice. She also has a child with PANDAS, a neuroimmune disorder that presents with a variety of mental health concerns, which we've explored on the show previously, and I'm interested to hear her experiences and the holistic modalities that have helped her child. I'm excited to speak with Devorah and dive into her thoughts and methods for treating anxiety and depression in teens, which we know is so relevant today given the challenges of COVID-19. Welcome, Devorah, to the podcast. I'm happy to connect with you today. Oh, thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. Great. So why don't we start with you providing a little bit about your background and then how, how you came to be a holistic counselor. Sure. So it actually started when I was a teen. So I work with teens now. I'm a, I'm a counselor. And I, before this, before being in private practice, I was a high school counselor, um, which I loved. But it all started back when I was a teen. I had really significant anxiety and depression um, back when I was a teen, almost 20 years ago. And, you know, I did all the right things that you're supposed to do, like the therapy and the meds and all that stuff. Um, and it just didn't work. You know, I didn't feel like myself. And so that kind of led me on like a course of like, what else is there? You know, like that's all I was told that there was, was the therapy and the meds. And I was lucky to have a lot of support. You know, I had mm-hmm. supportive parents. I had supportive, like a supportive psychiatrist and psychologist. Um, but it wasn't really enough. Um, and that's when I had like some really strange friends. It was a blessing. Like I, I just hope everyone in their life has like some strange friends <laughs> who introduce them to weird stuff. Yeah. I like the friend with like the parents who own like the anarchist bookstore and they grew pot in their backyard, like that kind of thing. And he introduced me to EFT tapping and meditation and all sorts of stuff. And it completely healed. Like It was like a rabbit hole of holistic techniques that ended up completely healing the depression and the anxiety. And I haven't had any symptoms for 20 years. And that's why I do what I do. Wow, that's amazing. So did you kind of come up with a routine for yourself? Or did you stumble upon that? And that's sort of how you ended up in in success there? Yeah, so you know, what? like I realize now when I work with teens, like it's a system, actually. And I just was blessed to kind of have it in order. Like I first learned things like EFT tapping, which Sarah, you've heard of, Mm -hmm. right? Like, which is a really interesting acupressure technique. And at this point, it's been proven to heal anxiety, uh, to treat anxiety, depression, PTSD. The VA uses it now for our veterans Mm -hmm. um, in the U.S. Um, So things like that, um, similar modalities too, if you've heard of havening is another one. I haven't um, heard of that one. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting one. And it's another one that really downregulates our amygdala, you know, our fight or flight area mm-hmm. of the brain. And so when I had those skills, all of a sudden, it was like 
I could control my feelings. Like I didn't have to feel terrible when something happened. Like I had a tool to pull myself out of the fight or flight and to deal with external issues, external trigger or trauma. Um, And then the next step is I got into things around like beliefs and mindset. You know, it was like once I could deal with uh, trauma and different and trigger and different external stuff coming at me, then I could next work with like what was going on in my own head. Mm -hmm. You know, like all those thoughts we all walk around with, like I'm not good enough or, you know, I'm, I'm ugly. Like we all have stuff, you know, this, so there's some really cool tools. Sarah, have you heard of the work of Byron no. Katie? It's this fascinating technique. There's actually a few similar techniques where you can actually figure out what's your stressful thought or belief. And there's a, like a, a st- four, three or four step process, depending on the technique of just identifying it and noticing the hold that the belief has on you and the stress it's bringing to your life and then actually letting it go. So mm. you can like proceed without the stressful belief. It's like, it's mind blowing actually. And that, and that like, you just get all this mindset stuff in order and then your mind is like quiet. And once you have that, both of those steps that out those outside tools, like the EFT tapping or the havening or EMDR is another one. If you've heard of like rapid eye movement, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the internal stuff, like I can deal with my thinking after that, you know, that's often when people can get into like some sort of sustainable grounding routine, like meditation or journaling and actually stick with it. Like, and I know Mm -hmm. you've got meditations on your podcast because I listened to some of them and they were so good. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, they were awesome. And I find that like we, you know, mindfulness is really hot right now Mm -hmm. and we're trying to bring it into the schools, which is awesome. But then what happens is like if the kids are in fight or flight because too much is going on outside of them with the notifications on their phone and a 24 hour news cycle and COVID, you know, they're in fight or flight. Mm They're really dysregulated. It's so much harder for them to sit down and actually be quiet and meditate. Whereas Mm -hmm. if they already have the tools, they can deal with outside trigger, you know, with something like EFT. And they've got the tools to deal with like their thinking and quiet their inside. Then it's really easy often to get them to buy into some sort of mindfulness practice. So those are kind of the three levels of like tools that, that help me. And that's what I teach with, you know, with my clients today. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I know I've even seen that while well, I'm sure with myself, but also with my son that sometimes like when he is heightened and, you know, we try to say like, okay, well let's maybe meditate or do some breaths. You know, the response is kind of like, I don't want to, like, they're just not there. So that makes sense that you right. kind of, you have that other work first to do. Yeah, exactly. And I really feel like, in, you know, I see all these mindfulness programs being brought into the schools. And actually, if you look at the results, unfortunately, they have mixed results. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think that's the reason, you know, we need to do some other things first so kids can actually sit down and be willing to, to do that work of meditation or mindfulness or similar practices. Right. Like it's, it needs to almost be accessible to them. That makes sense. 
Yeah. So I know you mentioned a few kind of teen issues there, but can you share some of the top mental health concerns that you're seeing in teens specifically right now? And then I guess even if there are some specific disorders that you're seeing a lot of, it'd be great to know. Yeah, well, definitely. Unfortunately, you know, really depression and anxiety are rising in our young adults year after year after year. So we're seeing, you know, a 50 to 60% increase over the last 10 years of kids being diagnosed, kids by kids, I mean, teens, um, especially the 14 to 17 age group being diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And suicide, unfortunately, is rising too. So, you know, there's so many, um, right, I mean, that's typically who I see is, you know, um, clients who have a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, that's rising, we're seeing a lot more self harm, unfortunately. Um, And so, and a lot of disordered eating as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really hard for kids. It's hard for a lot of different reasons. Um, and, you know, we're all kind of trying to figure it out. There's a lot of hand wringing and there's a lot of finger pointing. And I think it's so important to for everybody to be noticing this and, you know, covering it in the media. And I also feel like at the same time that we're pointing fingers and digging and and wringing our hands, we should also be teaching these kids, these like often evidence-based, not always, I have some really weird woo-woo stuff that I do too, but a lot of it, Mm -hmm. like EFT tapping or mindfulness is completely based in research, is proven to help with these conditions. And it's fascinating to me that we're not bring it fascinating is not the word more like unconscionable mm-hmm. that we're not bringing it to all these kids you know in the meantime while we figure out why this is going on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no that makes sense and and you know do you hear from them or even their parents maybe like what are some of those specific issues like are you seeing covid is a really big one that's kind of inciting things or are you seeing you know the social media side is there anything in particular that's bubbling up interesting i mean definitely social media plays a role um you know it's interesting all the kids are on tiktok tiktok as an example <laughs> i just said tiktok cuz i was just eating one no but tiktok every you know they're all on it And what people don't realize, besides for the fact that, yeah, you're scrolling, yeah, it's a time waster, although a fun one, but the fact is that the algorithms work to show you more of what you're interested in. So when a kid will watch, let's say, a video that has some self-harm or disordered eating or something, even if they've just stumbled on it or they've watched it because they're curious the algorithm will then continue to show them more of that thing. I mean, right. that's how that's how TikTok is built. So and and YouTube is the same, you know, not to the same extent, but you're shown more of what you you know, if the algorithm thinks you want to see. So you end up with a situation where late at night these kids can go down this endless rabbit hole. Um you know, and, and that's, I'm not saying that's what's responsible for what we're seeing, but it definitely doesn't help. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, so, because then yeah. you're almost surrounded by, by that, basically, whatever you've been looking at. So that's, that's kind of scary. Right, it really is. And so what do you think, you know, that's a great tip for parents, but what else do you think parents need to know about teen mental health? 
So actually, one tip I would give is to really trust your own intuition as a parent. Um, because people ask me, you know, what are the signs that my teen is depressed? And, you know, teen depression looks different than adult depression. So we see a lot more irritability than we do in adults who are depressed. We see a lot of disordered eating, disordered sleeping, you know, social withdrawal. But a lot of teens are kind of like that anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like my teen's in my room. Like, I have a teen. She's in her room all the time. That's how teens are. I was like, I don't know, Sarah, were you like that? I was like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a time where things are all over the place for sure. Right. And like, I just hung out in my room a lot like that, you know, so I, I, what, when parents ask and then we give them like, okay, here are the top ways to know your teen is depressed. Yeah. But also all teens will have aspects of that. And I want to always come back to the fact that we need to empower parents more here that nobody knows your kid better than you. And I really see in most cases that if parents will trust their intuition They have deep wisdom here, you know, and if they're very quiet and they listen to those quiet voices inside, they really know, they know if something's concerning, you know, like they, they'll have a sense that something, you know, needs to be taken care of or that their child needs to see a professional and it's not just hormones, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think we say that to parents enough, you know, like, what do you think, you know, as a parent, like what... Be really quiet and ask yourself, what do you think is going on here? And then when I really do that, parents are like, okay, yeah, the reason I even started asking the question is because, you know, I think there's a reason for concern. Um, and you go from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you kind of mentioned it, that it, it can look very different than adults. Is there anything else that sort of sticks out besides, so you mentioned irritability, disordered eating, sleeping, um, you know, for adults, there's so much related to work likely, um, you know, would it be school troubles? Like, could that be something? Yeah, academic yeah. changes for sure. But that, you know what, there's so many flavors of depression, Sarah, like mm-hmm. when I was depressed, I was that type A, we all know people like this, that type A, tons of extracurriculars, you know, on the outside looks like she has it all together. Like I was salutatorian and inside I was a disaster. And I see a lot of, a lot of my clients are like that. Like their grades are fine, but their mental Mm -hmm. health is not. So, um, and, and so it depends, but yeah, definitely, especially if you see a sudden drop, that's a big red flag. You know, a kid that was interested in school before and suddenly, you know, can't maintain their grades. Um, that's a sign. Sensitivity to criticism is another one, but like who likes criticism? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I'm sure no teens. <laughs> yes, right? I could absolutely see that. When you, well, we see it with teens who have like the depression can cause such an intense sensitivity to, to criticism that they're very they're especially afraid to fail. So mm. kids that would have taken risks before, let's say to try out for a play or a team, suddenly won't do that because the fa- the risk of failure and therefore the criticism is is just too great for them to handle, you know, with that capacity that they have uh, for rejection. So that's another thing to kind of notice. If your kids suddenly won't try out for things anymore, won't put themselves out there as much, um, that's a red flag too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Because that's almost like a change in personality as well, right? Like something that's just not typical. Um, Mm -hmm. No, what I was going to say earlier was that, 
you mentioned specifically for depression um, and then kind of sort of that overachieving type. And I could definitely see that as a risk of anxiety. I think that was definitely me. I was very, I was very anxious as a teen and everybody just mm-hmm. thought I was just a conscientious student. And so, you know, I didn't actually get diagnosed with an anxiety disorder until I was in my thirties. Um, even though I know I had the same issues like lifelong. Right. Um, and so wow. I can see that, that, you know, people, kind of brush that off as just, oh, really good student, right? Like trying really hard Mm -hmm. where really there, there is that fear of failure. There's, you know, the fear of like basically everything. And so that's kind of what uh, the struggle can be. And I think that's, I guess, what I'm thinking in terms of warning signs is if you have a parent that's really dialed into mental health. So, you know, for me, given that I have struggled with anxiety and now I'm in a place where I've reached out for therapy and I've been, um, you know, seeing a naturopath and looking at types of remedies that can help and things like that. You know, I think I'm in a different place, but if maybe a parent isn't dialed into mental health, it can probably be really difficult for them to notice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, you know, there are just so many more um, uh, like resources available now, like we or hopefully mm-hmm. heightening awareness and, the, and the, the kids, it's often then the teens in those situations who will know that, that they have anxiety before the parents do, right. you know, because they have friends who have been diagnosed with anxiety. They, they hear about it. They're seeing it in the media, you know, and they'll say, OK, that sounds like me. Um, yeah, that's so. good. That makes a lot of sense, too. So, you know, I know you talked a little bit about some of the modalities. Are there any other specific modalities that you're finding success with for either depression, anxiety, or both? So it's so fun to have like a toolbox for the kids because they all have ones that they prefer. Um, But EFT tapping is just, that's kind of basic like catch all you know it's been heavily studied at this point when I learned it 20 years ago it was the weirdest thing ever and now it's like completely evidence-based there's lots and lots of randomized controlled trials for anxiety and depression and PTSD and even sports performance like you know all sorts of random like test anxiety um, you name it they've studied tapping for it food cravings so that's something that just can help everybody and we do a lot of EFT tapping and there's a faster version that teens love because Mm -hmm. if you because Sarah if you've tapped you know it's like a little bit clunky Mm -hmm. right there's like a lot of points and you're kind of tapping and it looks really awkward in public um but there's something called faster EFT, which is just like three points and then squeezing your wrist. And it's super, super effective. So the kids like that. That's called faster EFT. Okay. And then there's something called called havening. And havening is really interesting. You're kind of stroking your face or the sides of your arms, almost like when you see a parent like, you know, stroking and soothing a young child. Mm-hmm. And you do that while you're moving your eyes back and forth, um, which is similar to EMDR in that way, which is like this eye movement back and forth that affects different areas of the brain. But it's been shown that that kind of floods your brain with delta waves and you just get very relaxed, very calm. And the amazing thing is that, you know, once the kids have these tools, they can pull them out whenever they want for life. 
you know, so like they, this is also they can do on their own. They don't have to keep coming back to somebody. Um, I mean, they, can, they of course they can if they want support, but they can tap on their own. They'll know the steps, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we do that for um, right. So EFT tapping is great. There's an amazing modality called TAT. It stands for Tapas Acupressure Technique by Tapas Fleming, and that's similar to EFT, but a much quieter more global kind of thing where EFT tapping is very specific and TAT is more like, I have no idea, but I'm just a mess. You know, like I need, like I need to calm down, but I can't come up with a specific. Anyway, I don't want to bore you, but the point is there's so much out there. There's so much out there. And um, I have a lot of, you know, free videos on my Facebook page and my website, but even if people go to YouTube and just Google some of this stuff, EFT, uh, TAT, Tapas Acupressure Technique, Havening, um, it's amazing what's out there for people to be able to help themselves. No, that sounds great. And then, yeah, you're right. Like you're kind of setting them up so that they'll be able to use that into adulthood and, and have a tool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so do you sort of, then you use those and then once they've, as you mentioned before, kind of hit a certain place, you start to work on those internal beliefs and mindset. Exactly. And that's when we would bring out like Byron Katie's The Work. Um, And that's easy for any of your listeners to just, you know, Google The Work. I mean, Mm -hmm. well, then you probably come up with all sorts of stuff, but it's The Work of Byron Katie. That's her name. And yeah, she's, she formerly, she had, you know, terrible depression, anxiety, and realized like generally what stresses us out isn't what's happening as much as our beliefs about what's happening. You know, like two kids, two, two teens can get the same ACT score. Right. And they're literally looking at the same number on a paper. Right. But one of them is thinking, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. And one of them is thinking, yay. You know, it's, it's right. what's really it's in our head right. more than it is the actual physical things that are happening. And she has a whole process for, OK, what's the belief stressing me out? I just did this with one teen and her belief was um, was it with a, she was really angry with a teacher. And she it was like, um she shouldn't have said that. The teacher said something obnoxious. She shouldn't have said that to me. And it was really interesting when we examined it. She came up with a bunch of reasons why actually she didn't know that that was true. And once she could realize it wasn't true and that maybe for some reason this had to be said to her or it, you know, kind of activated her to be able to, to do like to think differently or like she had, we had a bunch of different kind of reasons why it doesn't have to be true once we can prove to ourselves that this belief doesn't have to be true our our mind just kind of lets go of the degree of attachment to it and we walk through life without that like clinginess to that belief and it's 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 hard to describe in words it's an amazing process to watch so if anybody wants to look up um again it's called byron katie's the work it's all over youtube and you can watch her just like walking people through letting go of all sorts of beliefs. Um, And it's possible, which is pretty amazing that we don't have to walk around with beliefs that are stressful for us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for teens, I mean, they probably haven't been holding them as long, but, you know, certainly adults as well, this probably would be really effective. Yeah, absolutely. 
No, that's great. Okay, so those are some really good practical things that parents can look into and and think about getting their teen involved with. Um, so I wanted to switch gears a little bit. I've talked on the show quite a bit. My son has pandas, and I've shared about the disorder and um, kind of our experience on the show, as well as interviewed some parents and and various doctors too. And I know you mentioned that you have a child as well um, that mm-hmm. has as pans and I just wondered if you would be willing to share some of your experience and then and then possibly some of the the helpful treatments maybe that that you found yeah I'm so glad you asked and it's like so it's just it's great to find I mean great I don't know if great's the word but it's like you know it's to find other parents who get it you know is like yes it's always like special. Yeah. So yeah, my son Noam, he is nine and that's, you know, he's, he got, he was diagnosed at age four. Um, and we, um, right. The techniques that I use with my clients, we've used with him. Um, because we had, you know, a lot of this common symptoms, a lot of motor tics, a lot of rage, you know, he went from being this really sweet, really sweet, gentle kid to being like a kid who just like would run away from us. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he almost broke my nose one time, like a lot of, we need to do a lot of physical, um, you know, whole, like almost like restraint because he'd get into these rages. It was very difficult. Um, and I think, pan, you know, Panda's Pans is so individual. Like every family's got to do what's best for them. Mm-hmm. With us, we decided to go the natural route um, to treat it. And at this point, you know, knock on wood, I would say he's recovered. Like we don't have him on any supplements or any kind of medication at this time. And when he gets really stressed at this point, we've, we've done years and years of natural, natural things. At this point, he'll, you know, if he does get anxious or, or sometimes he'll flare, he does flare occasionally if someone in his class is sick or I'm sure you see that too, Sarah, probably with yeah. your son, yeah. you know, right. Stress um, as well. Um, allergies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it happens, but you know, it's, it's much more manageable now and he'll use like he'll tap. Um, he loves faster EFT, which again is so easy for kids. It's like a series of a few points that you're tapping like acupuncture points, but you're tapping them with your fingers and, um, and he's doing really, really well. Yeah. Oh, that's um, amazing. It's, oh. Yeah, it's like, I almost get tearful saying that because I know what it's been like to, I know what it's like to be in the trenches, you know, for anyone listening who's still there, like that was us for four, you know, probably a good four years. It's only in the last year that, you know, he's been off of everything and he, you know, he's just, yeah, it's been amazing. No, that's so, great. I'm, yeah. yeah, very, very happy to hear that. That's wonderful. And so you did do some, like, other therapies at first, but then these are kind of the ones that he's continuing with. Yeah, we used, um, so we went to an integrative doctor. We first went to a conventional doctor who said he's going to need three years of antibiotics. And, you know, everyone has to do what's best for their family. And honestly, this was a little bit of a... um you know, a conflict between my husband and I, who he was, my husband would have just done the antibiotics. And just my mommy gut was like, I just think there's something else out there. Again, this is just our personal, you know, our family story. And so we took him to an integrative, like holistic doctor who put him on, have you heard Sarah of biocidin? Yeah. Yep. It's like a natural antibiotic. Yeah. So we had amazing success. I know not everyone does, but we did. And it was incredible. He was on it for a year and a half 
And then also at the same time, he took a turmeric supplement, which helped him with inflammation. Like we would see a big difference if he didn't take it. It would really help with that inflammation they have of the basal ganglia. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that, like, but we even one day off, we would see a difference. Like it was a Uh crunch, like he needed it. Both of those things for 18 months. And then at some point, um, with us, like in my family, we're very much about listening to your intuition for the kids too. And he's turned to me and he's like, mommy, I don't need it as much anymore. And mm-hmm. um, I did use, I don't know if you're familiar, Sarah, like, I don't, I don't know how woo woo I should get on this podcast, but like kinesiology, <laughs> muscle testing. Have you ever done that kind of muscle testing to see a yes or no? Like, are you, like, um, I've done it. I've heard of it more around like food sensitivities. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. So for me, I'm trained in it. It's kind okay. of something I don't use a lot, but I, I do have training in it. So I was able to muscle test him for the amounts of the biocidin that he should be taking or if it was in his highest good to be taking it at all. And he was right. When he came to me and said, mom, I don't need this as much anymore. He was right. We went down to half of what we'd been taking and then Later, he kept saying, no, I think I'm done. And, you know, we tested him again with the kinesiology and he was right. And, um, yeah, it's, that's, a, that's it. He's been off of it now for almost a year. Oh, that's amazing. Oh. No, that's great to hear. It's, yeah, you do hear a lot of stories of challenge for sure with these disorders. And it is nice to hear when, when somebody's doing really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thank you so much for sharing that. I know a lot of people that do listen, it is something that they're either aware of or have struggled with. So it's, it's good to hear. Um, I wondered yeah. if there are any other tools that you kind of, before we wrap up, either want to mention in terms of either pandas pants or um, just generally things to do with teen mental health. I know a lot of parents listen, so I'm sure they're very intrigued. Yeah. I mean, I would just definitely like... Um, encourage parents to just check out the ones I already mentioned, especially that EFT tapping, um, TAT, tap as acupressure technique, especially for, I mean, for everybody is incredible, but for the pandas pants kids, like my, my son will just do it in bed at night. It's just the, the hand pose that you hold and the points that you're holding are really important points to kind of regulate your amygdala and just really calm you down. And it's such a soothing thing to do at night for kids. It's so easy. Um, so that's a really great one. Again, the work is a little bit more mature, not so much for kids, more for teens and adults, but that's about questioning your beliefs and being able to let go of beliefs that don't serve you. Um, we mentioned havening. That's a really good one. Uh, what else? Um, those are kind of, I would say, the, the big ones really that we use the most um, yeah, I guess your EFT also. Right. Um, one of the things that just kind of occurred to me is I know a lot of parents look at sort of the traditional therapy route. And I just wondered if you find that to be successful, like talk therapy, or is that something that you would do in combination with some of these things? Yeah. So Sarah, <laughs> um, I, I, I want to say that I find those to be effective and, you know, they are, I mean, for example, CBT is evidence-based, right? It is what we were told to do for a lot of these issues. Um, however, I mean, my personal experience was that it definitely stabilized me, but it didn't make me feel like me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't feel like I had my life back. I didn't feel amazing. I just felt stable. And boy, did I get self-aware. You know, like therapy made me really aware of my patterns mm-hmm. um, and my dysfunction. It didn't make me feel better. Now, I, I mean, I work with a lot of teens and I, I mean, most of them and do end up, so I, really it's about 50-50. Half of my clients come to me because the parents are more holistically minded and want to try something before they go to traditional therapy and medication. And the other half come to me because they've tried that already. It hasn't worked or they haven't gotten the results that they want quickly enough. And then they'll come to me instead. Um, but it can also be used in combination. And then like, mm-hmm. why not? You know, you're trying everything. Um, there's no, there's no harm. And, 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 and there's a lot of p- people who are really helped by therapy. Like clearly it is, you know, evidence-based um, and it can absolutely help people. I just think we need to recognize that not everybody will be helped by therapy and medication. Like it shouldn't be the only option that we give people mm-hmm. who are anxious and depressed and people shouldn't feel bad if it's not working for them. They should know that there are alternatives. No, that makes a lot of sense. And so this is kind of either they can do it in tandem or it could maybe be that something else that might help help um, clear things that much further. So that sounds that sounds good. And that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I think you've shared some wonderful tools and, you know, definitely probably opened eyes to some of the issues that are going on right now with teens. Um, If our listeners are looking to find out more about you, where is the best place? Is it social media? Is it your website? Oh, thanks for asking, Sarah. So I have a Facebook page. Um, It's called iGen with Zen. Like iGen is kind of our generation right now. They call it iGen, like the iPhone. Mm-hmm. iGen with Zen. But you can just look up Devora Goldblatt Holistic Teen Counseling on Facebook. Um, and my website, which has a lot of videos of all these techniques. And again, so does my Facebook page. Um, but the website is just my name. So www.devoragoldblatt.com. All right. This sounds great. And I will link those up in the show notes so that if everybody is looking to find out a little bit more, they will have an easy way to do that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. It was so great to speak with you. You as well. Thank you so much for um, giving us a little bit of your wisdom today. Thank you so much to holistic counselor Devorah Goldblatt for sharing her experience with anxiety and depression as a teen, and then the techniques that truly helped her to heal and feel like herself again. I think she has provided us a number of techniques that we can look into and consider as part of our mental health toolkit, like EFT tapping, havening, which I had never heard of, as well as TAT. If you'd like to find out more about Devorah and some of the techniques that she has talked about, she mentioned her Facebook page, iGen with Zen, as well as her website, www.devoragoldblatt.com. Thanks for tuning in this week. I wrote a book. I'd love for you to check it out. Pendulum by S.E. German is available now. Pendulum is a heartwarming story that follows a young boy who experiences mental health challenges like anxiety, OCD and depression, ADHD and tics following an infection. It turns out he has a little known disorder called PANDAS. 
The book follows the young boy as he struggles with his health issues as well as regular middle grade issues and it can act as a wonderful catalyst between you and your children to talk about mental health issues and other things that are going on in their life. Pendulum is available online through Amazon Worldwide, Barnes & Noble, the Friesen Press Bookstore, and a number of other online retailers worldwide. And you can check out Chapter 1, the audio version of Pendulum for free on the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast in Episode 64. I hope you enjoy Pendulum by S.E. German and let me know what you think. I'm excited to announce the launch of my author website, www.se-german.com. On this website, you can find out all the information about my publications, focused areas on my novel, Pendulum by S.E. German, where there are questions for parents as you work through the novel with your children, as well as teacher resources that can be used in the classroom. There's also information about the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast and recent press. Please visit www.se-german.com. And while you're there, you can scroll to the bottom of the homepage where there is an area to subscribe to my email list to get updates on my writing, events, and the podcast. And when you subscribe, you get a freebie. The freebie is a 30-day self-care calendar with 10-minute ideas to do self-care every day for 30 days. And you can join us for the June 30-day self-care challenge. Visit www.se-german.com. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you are looking for that advice, please seek that out from a professional. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can visit my blog, www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com, or follow me online at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram, S A R A L A D Y G L U T E N, or the Facebook page, Sarah Lady Gluten. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing so that you will get the podcast update every week and or reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Thanks again and have a great week.